Hey there, Traveler. Welcome back to the end of the Seven Dice. Say, did you notice anyone following you lately? No? Alright, that's good. It's just a few of the other people were complaining. I'm just, I'm just making sure. But, uh, if you want to go see Wing over, he's just at the back there with those Battle Barge people. He's just getting ready to tell the story. Ah, greetings, Traveler. I see you've come back to hear me, Wingover, famous gnome bard. So how's it been going? You don't... You don't really talk, do you, Traveler? But I guess that's okay, because I'm a bard and all I do is talk, and that's fine. Yeah, my day's been pretty good. I went out to the market, there was some fruit out there. Pretty good price, I bought some of that. I talked to some people from Lantern and they're like... Things are going pretty good. Your cousin's getting married, so that's pretty cool. I suppose, um, uh, yeah, my day's, my day's good. Oh, ah, uh, before I almost forget again, we have two new interns for me to show you. This one is Bloody Craig. Hey. And this one is Murdering Samantha. Hi. <laughs> They're pretty creepy, I'm not gonna lie. Traveler, I went over to BattleBards today, the college, and I was like, hey, here to pick up the interns, and they're like, hey, we got two for you, but um, first off, just don't be spooked. They're legit bards in training. Just don't be too scared. And they showed me them, and they, they literally had blood on them, but uh, you know, at that point I was tired, and I already bought my fruit, so I just said, whatever, come on, let's go, and yeah, they seem okay. So if you want some bards in your room, playing some sweet music, maybe casting a fireball spell or a holding spell, or maybe even just the sound of a tavern going on, then you need to go to battlebards.com and use the promotion code BALLAD, the number 7, and DICE to receive 15% off. Oh, we also have another piece of mail. Let me just pull it out here, and here it is. Amazing story and sound quality! Exclamation mark! Wow! I can't believe I haven't listened to this till now! This podcast has great sound quality, definitely loving the accompanying sound effects in the background. Really sets the scene. We'll add to my follow list how the quest was won. That's another bardic group out there in the nether sphere if you're interested, traveler. Hanging out with all those like Modified Roll and Reforged. Go check it out, yeah! Oh, and stick around for the ending, for we have another special promotion from Adventures in Aurelia, who could be found at adventuresinarelia.com. They're a, let me see this cue card, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast. That's probably some wizarding terms, I'm not too sure, you know how magic is. Anyways, go check that out. So... You're probably like, freaking over, let's get this story rolling. Where do we last leave off? Oh right, they just had a crazy time in Erin Bordeaux's place. Lance got thrown out a window, well he kinda jumped, and there was a lot of dead bodies, and they had to face a strange half-orc lithid hybrid that kept calling Ebzi the heretic and the chosen of blood. Let's see how they get out of this crazy situation. I present to you the case of Aaron Bordeaux, part three.
Hi, I'm Robert. I'm playing MZ, the third level Get Yankee Ranger. Hey, my name is Humberto, and I play Dordan, the level 3 Dwarven Cleric. Hi, my name is Brent. I am playing Kelsar, the level 3 Tiefling Paladin. This is Evan. I'm playing Ronnie, the third level Half Elf Bard. Where we last left off, you would all join Lance and his crew, Ronnie's new best friend, to go down the maze and find Aaron Bordeaux. You traveled for some time, and Ronnie had a little bit of a concert, a little street fair. You all made it there to find that Aaron Bordeaux had pretty much lost his mind, and his walls were covered in blank papers, and after trying to use your new abilities to reverse this effect. You weren't able to reverse the effect on any of the other people, but you were able to save Aaron himself. During this whole process, Lance jumped out the window as his mind shattered and he couldn't handle everything that was going on and died falling three stories. And then you fought a strange, lithid-like creature in the stairwell of this boarding house, and it seemed to keep calling MZ the Chosen of Blood and a heretic trying to slay its mother. You guys had just finished killing this creature, all sort of staring at each other. One little thing I want to bring up. You know, when you, Borodon, were attempting to reverse the name on the paper to make it appear with your abilities, and Ronnie, you were actually writing Aaron's name back on the paper as it was disappearing? Mm -hmm. These weren't exactly your abilities, right? or at least not in your skill set. You were trying to do certain things that were a little bit outside of it. And all of you have the ability to do this. It will actually start shaping the skills that you'll gain as you get stronger. So for instance, Ronnie successfully managed to reverse a spell effect. So his next ability he might get will be something that will work more towards canceling out or nullifying spell effects along that nature. And you can try to do things where you roll a d20 and you just add your, your caster bonus and try to do some effect that is related to your powers. Whereas MZ's power is blood, Bordon's is time, Kelsar's is fire, and Ronnie's is chaos. You can try to do something like, for instance, Kalsar could try to light something on fire from a distance. Or MZ could try to maybe make a spike of blood jut out of its side jut out of his side when he's grappling someone mm. or just something along these lines that's different from the skill set that you actually have but it's related to your power you could try to do this but if you fuck up really badly then it could have an adverse effect Ooh. where it might shape your powers very differently so it gives you a bit of freedom to shape how you want your character to be going forward and it lets you use a lot more creativity with your powers. But since these powers are coming from such a strange and chaotic place, there is side effects if you fail. Great. You're all standing in this stairwell. You hear the boom of thunder in the distance as you hear rain start to fall outside. And you're surrounded by all this viscera and gore and this beheaded creature. I turn to the group and I say... Guys, uh, everything is covered like in viscera, and uh, it, it, we, we just saw, like, what's the name of the guy again? Aaron Bordeaux. 
Yeah, Aaron Bordeaux, he, he just... He has just gone crazy. Seeing all this madness. You know, all those monsters and all that. And I think there's something wrong with us. Because I don't feel shaken. You know, I've seen so many crazy things so far. And my psyche is still intact. And that's sort of bothering me. What's shooting it from from us from actually getting mad? Sounds like we have uh, strong wills. Or do we? Maybe it could be the markings on us. Maybe, but you know, at what price? At what price everything? Well, we can't forget that we are also chosen to fight a, a great destroyer. I mean, we can't. We also have to take into consideration that it's also our responsibility to to end this, to end this war. We can delay, right? That's all we can do. It's not end. We delay. So you guys can hear from inside. You can actually hear some people start like coming around, and yeah, they're all sort of talking. You hear a few people loudly talking, and you can hear a bell being rung. What, what did this room look like again? So you guys are standing, think of it, like you know in a, a building when there's a stairwell and it has little landings at each part, like where the stairs turn? So that's what this building's like, except the landings are a little larger where maybe five, seven people could stand comfortably. And on those landings is uh, three doors leading into more rooms and this thing just keeps going up higher and higher. But Aaron's room itself, the door is open to it, and the walls are covered in these blank sheets of paper. And there's a little writing desk that's fairly shoddy, a couple half-empty liquor bottles, and a messy bed, and some clothes strewn about. And then there's the dead, uh, lithid light creature on the floor? Yeah. It looks like some sort of half-orc hybrid. It looked like a half-orc when it was originally on the stairs, and then when it looked up, its bottom jaw split open, and its upper cheekbones and jaw split away, and the tentacles came out. Maybe I'll make a search on the body slash room, just kind of look around for a second. Sure. So if you want to make an investigation. Sure. Uh, 15. And what are the rest of you guys doing? I'll I'll ask... uh... MZ, what are you doing? I don't, I don't know, Bordon. I'm just, I'm just looking. Do you, do you have like something in mind that you're looking? You're looking for something specific? Maybe I can help. Just anything, really. <laughs> like anything out of the ordinary? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just looking. Literally everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything, anything okay, ordinary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not really. Like, wherever you guys go, that's the fucking last thing you find. <laughs> uh, Ronnie and Kelsar, well, MZ's looking through this and Bordon's talking to him. What are you two doing? I'm gonna see if uh, Aaron is okay. I'm gonna check up on him. Okay. And Ronnie? I guess I'll keep a lookout or something. There doesn't seem to be much else to do. Okay. So we'll start off with MZ and Bordon. So, Bordon, while you're watching MZ sort of just go through pockets, look over this guy, uh, you both notice two things. On his chest, you see there's a very clear branding that's been done. It doesn't look very old. 
it looks like it's the number 14, but it's a little bit off and wrecked in a few places. Looking in his pockets, you find a holy symbol to the god Helm, the god of protection. So I'll use, I, I don't know if it's like common sense or not, but uh, is like that god a good god? Uh, you can make me a religion check. Okay, just one second. So, <laughs> I got a one. Yeah. Helm. Helm, the god of magic, is uh, known to be a pretty good god on the side of light. Okay, so I just tell that, like, Enzi that, you know, I can't understand why this guy, which belongs to a god, like, to, like, worships a good god, you know, why he became like that? What happened? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm guessing he got turned. But, and I, I point out to the branding on the chest, I say, in the vision there was 13 a lifted on the ship and this one's branded 14 but that's the thing those are the, they they are actual creatures right they don't change from something else do they i think they do they all spawn from something okay so what you're saying is we have to fight 12 because we killed one plus as many as they're changing like they're creating out of nothing are they like, what, like ghouls? Can they infect other creatures and then those creatures actually become illithids? I don't know. MZ would know how illithid reproduce. That would have been something that would have been taught to you. Oh, okay. Well, I, I say that uh, they'll be like a human slave, for example, and they'll, they'll grab uh, a tadpole-like creature and insert it into the human. And then they turn into a mind flare, a lithid. Okay. I'm guessing that this tadpole reacted differently okay. to this person, and that's why he was sort of more unique. Mm -hmm. So can they postpone this transformation, or can they just like, I don't know, mimic, like uh, I don't know, the race it it infected, to a point that it can, for example, like wait and just show, you know, that they're. Uh, they're an illithid, like whenever they want. I've never, I've never seen one do that before. The ones I've seen are very distinct, and they can't really hide it. Okay. So we'll go over to Kelsar. Kelsar, you kneel down by Aaron, who's sitting. His hands are on the sides of his head, and he's somewhat rocking back and forth. Aaron. Aaron. What? What's going on here, man? Aaron, you gotta keep it together. How am I supposed to keep it together when all this shit keeps happening? Aaron, do you want to die? No! That's why I'm going with you! Aaron, if you want any chance of survival, I need you to just calm down and breathe, alright? Try breathing with me, okay? Make a persuasion check as you're trying to calm them down. 16. Alright, yeah, so you, you manage to calm Aaron down, and he kind of takes his hands off his head, he's trying to put them on his lap, and breathe deep with you, and you can see visibly he's, he's starting to process a little bit of it, but you can tell, whereas you know what these 
things are for the most part, these are monsters that you're encountering. You can see he's yeah. more just sort of trying to block it out. Like kind of shove all those feelings deep down inside that unhealthy way. Ronnie. Hi. So you go, I imagine you're going to look out a window or something. Well, I assume I'm looking down the landing or looking out of our broken door or something like that. Oh, uh, sorry, Kosari, you said you wanted something else? Uh, I just wanted to say that, like, it, it's going to be okay, Aaron, right? Once we get through this, there will be people you can talk to, all right? Thanks, Chief. And he just tries to stand up and stand beside you and be a little more confident. Ronnie, you're looking out of a window that's on this landing. And you're looking outside, and you see the splattered form of Lance, who was traveling with you before. And you see there's actually a number of people that are crowding around it, the broken glass on the floors stabbed into him while he's laid out there on the cobblestone street. And you see one of the people is ringing a bell. Just It looks like one of those bells whenever they have uh, a town crier giving... Town crier? Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like they're trying to attract attention to the situation, so maybe try to get guards here or something. All right. Uh, I'm going to run downstairs... And I'm going to run, I don't know, how far can I run in a turn? Or is this not considered turn? Well, this isn't so much like initiative. You could act all right. this. Because they're all taking maybe a minute or two to do this. So you glanced out the window quick and saw that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm running kind of like maybe a block down or something. And I'm making as much distraction-y noise as possible. Do you want to make a performance check, maybe? Like, are you gonna like just start jamming out or something? I think I'm just jamming out, just trying to distract people. Yeah. What are you gonna use? Because you can summon any instrument. Bagpipes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ten. Ten. It's not great, but I mean, your main thing was to make a distraction, and a distraction you have made. Tell me what good bagpipes sounds like, please. I enjoy bagpipes. When is there those like bagpipes going with the marching? I enjoy that. But <laughs> so you're going and are you marching back and forth? Are you just standing in place? Like what are you doing to make this more of a spectacle? Um, like just lots of hollering in between uh, poor bagpipe notes. <laughs> okay. So you guys are there. You're doing your thing and. Ronnie just runs down the stairs while this bell's going. And maybe 10 seconds later after Ronnie's just like run out, you hear the distinct sound of bagpipes. And I'm not sure if each of your worlds has bagpipes, but it is loud, it is piercing, and everyone in the area can definitely hear these bagpipes going. Yeah, I don't think it's like a a very common instrument, you know, because it's, I think it's very hard for you to actually make one. Yeah, they are definitely more specialized. So you guys can all hear this music that Ronnie's making, and I'll let all of you make an insight check on this, because he didn't say anything when he ran out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 18 for me. I got a 12. Minus 12 as well. Kelsar, you're the one who clicks this. You guys just think it was you know, Ronnie's a strange man, but this was strange nonetheless. And when he runs out there, 
it clicked in your head, Kelsar, that he is very most likely trying to make a loud distraction. Something's going on outside. Well, he's succeeding at it, that's for sure. Sometimes I, I'm a little bit, you know, concerned about how much attention Roni, you know, draws. Because I know he's trying his best, but sometimes <laughs> his best, you know. So you guys are just chilling in this this room, chatting. Like, Ronnie's making this distraction outside. He's, he wants to bring attention to himself. Yeah, I don't uh, give a fuck yeah. about distraction, though. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get famous here. He just, he wants the attention. <laughs> Yeah, someone else is getting attention. <laughs> yeah. In the he wants to be he wants to be interdimensionally famous. Okay. I yeah. updated your bios on the website and I added that to Ronnie's. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be for both good and bad, right? Right. So I don't know if he's drawing the right attention. So should we take Aaron back to um, the home base? Yeah, yeah, the the home base though. What's it called again? It's just, they just call it the headquarters. That's all oh, they call the it. headquarters? Okay. We should bring him back to headquarters. Because they they are after him, right? Yeah. High or low, Ronnie? Uh, high. Okay. While you're playing your bagpipes, a number of people crowd around to see what's going on. And some guards actually come up to see this new disturbance because they already got a dose of you with your street festival and now you're playing these bagpipes while shouting in the middle of it and they come over to check out what's going on and you see that they're actually starting to look over towards the guy who's reading that town crier oh i didn't distract the town crier guy no you only got a 10 so you you distracted a number of people could you uh try and persuade those guards to come follow me farther away from the building. Okay. Uh, um, roll a persuasion, I guess. Oh, God damn it! Seven. That's okay, they got a one. <laughs> Great. So, <laughs> so they look over at the man, he's ringing this bell, he has a really distraught look on his face, and these guards look at him with disdain. They don't really want to deal with that right now. And you're like starting to do a little bit of a march and leading people with you, as you do with bagpipes, of course. It's always a slow march. And these guards are like, you know what? This actually seems a little bit better. And they just sort of follow you along with these people because they're there for crowd control. And so now I've started this big conga line with my bagpipes, right? Yeah. Hey Tom, I think there's a dead body. Nah, nah, nah. I don't want to do any paperwork. God damn it! I want to see where this is going. <laughs> so Ronnie, you're leading these people away, and you guys can now start to hear that the bagpipes are actually starting to fade. They're getting further. I don't know how the hell Ronnie does. I, I don't know how the hell he does it. I, I really don't. You know how he does it? Do you guys know that Ronnie has a 19 charisma? <laughs> <laughs> He has a charisma okay. that rivals the fairy folk <laughs> and other unrealistically charismatic creatures of the moment. Let me tell you about my 11 intelligence and 12 wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> he poured every point into this fucking charisma stat, and all his other stats suffered for it. Yeah. <laughs> of course he did. 
So that's why, like, when I was looking over his character the other day, because I was like, wow, I really let Rodney get away with a lot. And then I saw 19 <laughs> Prism, I'm like, no, no I don't. It all makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, but, but I still think he's very, very lucky. Yes. You know. <laughs> the goddess of luck really enjoys his company. <laughs> Alright, so he's leading them away. What are you guys doing? Well, I guess we're going to be leading... Uh, uh, Aaron back to uh, the headquarters. I'll grab Aaron and uh, I'm holding on to him. I'll push his head down just so like you know almost like a cop leading a suspect into the car or whatever. Uh, just trying to not let people get a really good look at him. I don't want them to see who Wait, we have. Can't we look for like a, uh, like a cape with a hood? You know instead of I don't know maybe walking with him? Well, there's a lot of bloody clothing everywhere. Um, there's like a blanket on his bed as well. Just like a ratty one. I'll throw the blanket over him. Okay, so you guys go out of there and you can see just down the street, maybe a block away, you can see the very clear orange skin pompadour wearing Ronnie leading away with these bagpipes that are made out of stone. God knows how they're working. I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not questioning this at all. I, I, I'm ex- I've accepted this as the norm for Ronnie now. But you actually see he's leading away a number of guards from this crime scene as he marches along. And you look and you see the splayed out body of Lance with his eyes with that dead fishy look and his head cracked open. And blood is just pooled all on the ground as this rain continues to fall and starts to pick up. So before leaving, I'll just again I'll just make it like a, a quick prayer for him, you know, so he can depart from this world. You make a quick prayer, and other people are just staring at you guys. They're actually backing away from all of you. Can I make maybe uh, I don't know, do like a fire thing, but like maybe I actually no, never mind. That's what would you like to do? Well, I was thinking of like just using like fire magic to burn away the body. Yes, you definitely can if you want. Wait, wait, wait! But wouldn't that you know bring attention back to you know us again? That's a good point. I mean, let it be, unfortunately. But what can we do? That's a good point. So you guys start uh, heading out, and people are backing away. Like they're giving you a lot of room. There's this strange black blood that's on Kelsar, that's on MZ a lot, because MZ's the one who cut the head right off. And you guys are making your way through this small gathered crowd that's looking down and through some of the mutter like, Isn't that Lance? I, that's Lance. Oh my god. Some other people going, I just, he jumped out that window and suddenly those adventures are coming out of that building. What did they do to him? He was never this crazy. It's all this freak with those marks. And you start heading out. Which direction are you going? Are you going like the street that Ronnie was going down, or are you going to try to find a different way of escape? Might be a good idea to find a different way. But can we, you know, can we know our way back to the headquarters? Can we like just figure out because both of the parties came uh, on uh, a carriage? Yeah. You can make a survival check if you want, because you all have maps, so you could. Technically, try to figure out where you are. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Each of you can make a survival that are there. I expect great things, MZ. 11. 
<laughs> Ten. Come on. Eight. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys start walking. I wasn't paying attention. I was sitting in the cart with Borodon, and you know we were talking, whatever. Wasn't paying attention. So let's cut over to Ronnie real quick while you guys get lost in the maze. So Ronnie, how far are you gonna lead these guys? I'm gonna lead them to like some kind of like bar or somewhere where I can run them all inside, and then uh, you know tend to use the bathroom and sneak out a window. So they're following you along. I want you to make me one last performance check and one stealth check. Fifteen uh, performance, uh, five stealth. Oh boy. That's how it always goes. Okay. <laughs> Ronnie, you do a good job leading them in, and people follow you along. You've actually amassed a bit of a crowd, and you stumble on Harry's Rustle Up Grub and Stuff, the best bar in the area. And you go into this bar that's sitting in the heart of the maze, and a bunch of people follow you in. And you see that there's sort of like a latrine in the back. And you go back there, and you're thinking to yourself, I gotta get out of here. And then you see that there's a window, and you go to sneak out this window. It's perfect. And as you're trying to climb out of there, like you're standing on like a garbage can, and it's rocking back and forth, and then your foot slips, and the garbage can just clatters onto the ground. <laughs> and this isn't a very big bar, so people can kind of just like look down the back hall and see you. And you just see, like, there's a number of people just watching you scramble at a window, but they don't seem to really follow you. <laughs> so you don't They're at Harry's now. You might as well get something to eat when you get to Harry's. Alright, so are you going to try to reconvene with the party, or are you going to... Yeah, well, I guess, because I won't know where they went, I'm just going to go back to that, uh, retrace my steps, go back to that apartment. Okay. Yeah, it's not hard for you to retrace steps. You were walking down a main road, so you get back to there... The, a lot of the crowd has dispersed. You see there are a couple guards there now that are talking to a few of the civilians, and one of them is crouched down near Lance's body. Another one is actually looking into the boarding house and just looking terrified and throwing up. Alright. Uh, you don't see any of the crew. Do I know my way back? You can make me a survival check. You have a map as well, so... Oh, wait, no, you don't. You walked away before they gave you mm. one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> that totally is. Because I was just editing that one. Yeah. I got, I, got an eight, I got an 18. So you've been sober for practically a day now. Because every time you try to have a drink, something know, right? bad happens. I just got free drink at Harry's. <laughs> it's been so long since you've actually had a drink that you're experiencing this weird sober clarity and you remember oh right yeah we went down this street that street and right up there and i'll be right back onto the main road and i can get back to headquarters sweet all right so you start march along your merry way the rest of you guys so there's a number of times where you're going down a place and each of you thinks you're on a different street on this map and you're pointing at you like no let's go this way no we're going that way we're obviously right here because we passed this thing and you just keep getting turned around, turned around. The rain's picking up. It's that late summer rain, so it's a little bit chilly. And you're walking along, and as you get further and further, it starts picking up a heavy smell of fish. And 
you yeah. realize that you've made your way down to the docks where Bordon, you and MZ have been before. Yeah. And it's now, it's probably around five o'clock or so. Because you, you headed there around one, a lot of stuff's happened. And so it's starting to dip into more the evening. And you see people are rushing over to diners or inns, trying to go get a meal or trying to rush back home. Just one question, are we like drenched in blood? No, any blood that you would have had on you is now washed away. Okay, yeah, so we can sort of like ask for directions then. Yeah, you are soaked to the bone though. Okay. Alright, so you want to try asking for directions? Sure, yeah. So I, I, I try to find like the least shady person and ask him. So how am I going to reference it? Because I cannot just say, oh, could you please lead us to the headquarters or just tell me where the... You know it was in the temple district. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, 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 cool. So I'll just ask, I don't know, like a passerby for directions. Yeah, the temple district is a well-known enough district that somebody would easily be able to help you out. So you stop by this halfling who's just rushing. They got uh, a broadside just above their head trying to shield themselves from the rain. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, the temple district? Yeah, you want to go north and you want to turn before you get to the bazaar. You'll see it. There'll be the giant tower of Lathander. It looks like a sunflower. Super easy to find. Okay, thank you. Yep. And you see he's running away while he's got this one big piece of newspaper over his head. Okay, so you guys got it. Do you guys have an idea yeah. how to... Do, do, how do you know where the north is? I mean, you could ask your ranger friend. Ranger friend? <laughs> <laughs> could you please, yeah. please tell me, <laughs> where's the north? MZ, you can make me a survival to try to determine north. It's a little tricky because you're in a city and it's raining. Okay. 21. Oh yeah, you know. You've been keeping track of it this whole time. That's, you feel like you've led them the best, to your knowledge. So you can easily <laughs> find out where, where this halfling was talking about. Okay. So you guys march along, and Ronnie, you get to headquarters first, obviously, as you weren't trapped along the maze. And when you get in there, it's probably like a, about half an hour before they arrive, and people are handing out some warm bowls of stew and bread. There's some light music going. It's really relaxing and comfortable. Someone brings you a towel. Thank God. I'm starving. I'm eating all day. I've been drinking all day. What kind of day is this? Oh yeah, you see that if you want drinks, they can hand some to you. Uh, I mean, you see that the three dwarves who always argue with each other are talking over drinks. Well, I don't see any of my friends, uh, and I don't see any of my party either, so I'm going to go and uh, get a sweet drink. <laughs> yeah, the dwarves gladly uh, welcome you to their table. You sit down. Hey, 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 you're the new one from Death Shift, right? Uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, you haven't seen any of my party around, have you? Mm-mm. No, not yet. I'm sure they'll come around sometime. It's raining pretty hard out there. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, we'll grab a drink. Yeah, so you you get served your food, you're sitting. You've been chatting with these dwarves for a little. You find out that these dwarves have actually been here for a couple of years now. and like This building's actually been up for probably around 30 years, earlier from when this thing had originally started, this whole war. So you guys all come in there. You're drenched. You're cold. You're hungry, and you come into this nice, warm, and inviting place where people are all eating. You see Ronnie is just happily eating and talking to the three dwarves. 
having a drink. He didn't even care for it. Oh. <laughs> so harsh. I'll uh, hand Aaron over and say uh, the cultists are after this one. Maybe keep him in a safe place for a while. Are you going to look for someone to hand him over to in particular, or just like the first person who comes near you? I'll look for someone familiar, I guess. But yeah, I'm just going to hand him over to a guard if I can't see anyone. Yeah, you find the one woman you met on your first day here, Riley. She was the woman standing there in full plate armor. She's there and she's talking to a few people and you approach her with Aaron and you let her know the, all the stuff that he's been up to, like he's just being hunted down by the cultists. So, um, are we offering him sanctuary here, I guess? Is that the idea, safe haven? Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, I guess we don't have to keep him here. I just thought it'd be a nice gesture. But yeah. I thought that's what we sort of told him. It definitely is. Okay, well, I mean, I can I can talk to a few people. Maybe uh, get him set up somewhere. He looks pretty rough. Yeah. So, just one thing. He's not, like, you know, the best person in the world. You know, he has sort of, like, a history of killing people and, you know, committing robbery stuff oh one you you adventurers are all pure I bet you killed some things and robbed some things I no not not robbing but yeah we killed some I don't like evil creatures yes but what I'm saying is I'm first of all I'm trying to be on your side but I cannot hide this information you know from the temple I simply cannot all right okay yeah I'll Maybe I can go talk to Joffrey and try to find him some some dry clothes and stuff. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Ronnie was asking about you guys, so you should probably go talk to him. I don't know if he has something for you. All right. All right, and she leads Aaron away, and Aaron's shivering and gets a towel. Someone comes up and they hand you a couple of towels while you guys are all drenched, standing there in your armor. Ronnie, uh, what did you find out? A uh, whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some, uh, grab some food and just dry off, warm up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you guys start getting some, a little bit of relaxation. Oh, finally some food. So you guys get about half an hour of rest before Joffrey comes up. Seems you made trouble again. Hmm. Well, Death Shift, what's been happening? Why are the guards asking about people matching your descriptor? Oh, the butler. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to keep tab on all those things, you know, all those characters and names, good, and what they are. It's gonna be so many more. Ah. Well, we um, we were investigating uh, someone that was connected to to the town we were just in, uh, Aaron Bordeaux, and um, we found out where he lived. Although when we went there, we saw his room was completely covered in white papers, and him and his friend were completely losing their minds. We did what we could to save him, but um, his friend Lance, uh, he couldn't contain his mental health anymore, and he just he just jumped out the window and killed himself. Sounds like you were dealing with some of the creatures beyond their comprehension. That tends to happen to these people without the symbols. You need to be careful who you drag into things. The civilians can't handle it. Even the other adventurers, the minds can only take so much. How are we handling this? Do you know anything about this? Hmm. To a degree. 
these parasites give us protection, but it does not make us immune. You can see something truly horrific, and it will break you. Do be careful. We were then attacked by uh, an elithid-like creature in his apartment. It tracked us there. I suppose this is what happens when the Githyanki are involved. So what are those parasites anyway? Wait, what do you mean, um, What do you guys mean about that? The Githy- Githyanki? What MZ is? They're at yeah, war. Yeah, it's what race yes. I am. They're at war with the Elithid. Oh, yeah. Anywhere the Githyanki go, Mind Flare are. Anywhere the Mind Flare are, the Githyanki are sure to follow. So we gotta definitely be prepared for that. Yes, we should be prepared for more Gith showing up in the city if Mind Flare are gonna be running around. Yeah. So how exactly can we get prepared for that? Well, we have to alert the locals. The Gith aren't... They're not terrible. They're not going to go around and kill everyone, but... Where they go, destruction's sure to follow. It's just better for the guard to be alerted, and our people to be aware. Just one thing, I thought MZ was a Githyanki. He is. Okay, so he's just telling that right in front of MZ? Oh yeah, this guy doesn't seem to really care much for civility. (laughs) Okay, so he's just saying it, he doesn't care. Yeah. Okay. Words of a lesser creature don't really affect me. Yeah, the Gith are super on their high horse all the time, so... (laughs) I mean, this is a butler trying to talk about something. He's a butler. Well, I'll be sure to let Astoria and Elwyn know as well. Perhaps we can look into these little How about you go get me a glass of water? He just stares at you and then walks away. (laughs) On the double, Joffrey. He doesn't return with the water. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay, so what are you guys going to do now with your time? You have... It's probably around 6 o'clock now. You are aware that the meeting was at 11, although you're not aware... I don't think of much else. I don't know. What, what are our options? You can do whatever you want, honestly. You can go sit back in bed after having just one hell of a day and take a nap. Like, it's really up to you. I think I'll just take a bath and, yeah, maybe take a nap as well. Where was Aaron sent to again? Uh, he was sent to Joffrey, and Joffrey was going to take care of him. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to... I want to investigate that, see where we're at. See how they're holding okay. up. And Ronnie and MZ. Uh, if I take a long rest, do I get my power back? Or is it just it's one, once per day, right? It's per day, yeah. Has a day passed? Uh, the last time you used it was on the door. Yeah, was that a day ago? Oh, that was when your power was unlocking, so you still have it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll probably just take a long rest anyway. Okay, so you guys are just kind of kicking back. MZ, are you doing something similar? Yeah, I'll, you know, long rest. How big is this headquarters place? It's a fairly large size. Think of it like when the way it looks on the outside, it's very circular. The layout of this area, the uh, the headquarters, you see, you have the stairs leading up to the entrance, and this area, I kind of made it square on the map, but it's a lot more circular, and it leads into this large library slash commons room. It's often moved around a lot. There's a lot of tables. It's where people also eat and just chat, discuss. Along the right wing of this area, I say, uh, of the building itself, 
is where all the dorms are, where you guys are sleeping and all the other people are just set up. There is the kitchen that's just right near the commons, so it's uh, quick and easy to lead into there. You have uh, this inner courtyard inside the circle. There's a lot of trees and stuff in the area. There's a little garden and fountain going, a lot of benches, and then there's a number of these storage facilities. They look like they're almost like little silos. Along the left-hand wing, you have things like the R&D labs, you have the scrying room that Bordon and Emzy went to before, you have Sargoth's office, who's the large walrus man who deals with a lot of siege equipment and stuff, as well as Elbido's place. And Lord Elwyn and Astoria's offices are near the back of this large circle. Okay, cool. When you guys go to relax, and a lot of you are sort of kicking back, Enzi, what did you say you were doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take a long rest and everything, get some spells and everything back. I was just curious what this place looked like. Oh, for sure. Sorry, I'll try to be more proactive with this mess. You guys are able to take a short rest for this one because you only have a couple hours. Unless you don't want to go out. I mean, you don't have to go out to this meeting. It's just a... What's the time What's the time frame for uh, long rest? Eight hours. Oh. Okay, short rest. And then, yeah, I guess we'll go to this meeting. Yeah. So if you guys want to recover any hit points from your hit die, you can. And Kelsar, you go and you find that Aaron is sleeping in one of the empty beds in the dorms. It looks like he has clean clothes, uh, he's been washed off a bit, and he's just completely passed out. Okay. Can I ask uh, Joffrey, like, like, anything, like, about his, like, what happened? Yeah, you can, you can find him down, uh, no problem. How's his uh, mental state been since he's been back? Has he told you anything? Babbling, mostly. He's clearly addicted to a number of things. We put him under a sleep spell. Okay. He, needs the rest for his mind to begin to recuperate. Okay. He'll need to go through a number of processes to clear his addiction and help heal his mind. It looks like it wasn't too bad, but he's clearly been under the effect of a number of spells for a long period of time. Somebody's been messing with his mind. That's all I needed to... How are you doing, Kelsar? You've endured quite a bit. I just... Just a lot of... A lot of deaths on my my hands. I guess I wanted to save him because part of me wanted to think that I could save someone at least. And if you left him there, he would have died surely. If not from the whatever it was that was harassing him, the cultists, it might have just been the drugs and alcohol. That's true. War often loses more lives than it saves in the beginning. But in the end, it is worth it. I sure hope it is. Thank you, Jeffrey. That's all I needed from you. Thank you. Take care, Kelsa. Alright, so he he wanders off, and you find a lot of uh, your friends are just napping at the moment, just taking it easy. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll take it easy then. Yeah. So you guys wake up after just an awesome nap that you very much needed. If you need to recover any points, you can roll them now and mm -hmm. it, you're all feeling re-energized and ready. It's a lot later into the evening. The rain has started to let up a bit. It's still lightly raining, but it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. Okay. What would you like to do? Well, Borodon, what do you think? Good question. So, how much time until the like the meeting? Probably about two hours now. <laughs> I don't know, maybe 
Maybe I could scry a little bit more, or maybe we c we could plan because okay. So at first our plan was to find um, like this guy. I, I, for whatever reason, I cannot remember his name. Like so, Aaron Birdo, right? That was our plan, and then yeah. we do have this meeting, and this meeting is for us to go on a quest for for the temple, right? For them. Mm -hmm. So, what I could do is scry a bit, you know, just try to have a general idea of what we're going to expect, uh, or we could discuss what what have we have been through so far, or conclusions. How Ronnie is, you know, just winging it every time instead of trying to follow a good plan. Plans keep working, dude. <laughs> yeah, sure, because you're freaking lucky all of the time. Yeah. Does Ronnie pay homage to Taimora, the goddess of luck? Uh, I don't know if there are uh, gods in his homeworld. Oh, okay. Because she's like the patron of casinos, gambling, all that stuff. It just seems up right. his alley. Uh, maybe he could be converted later. Okay. I don't know, maybe... What do you guys think? Do you guys want to talk about it? Do, do you guys think we can improve something? Like, team-wise? Or... Do, do you think that saving Aaron Bordeaux was... I know it's the right thing to do, but was it worth it? Because we sort of killed a bunch of guys along with it. I'm going to say a bunch. Like three. It was think... three, right? <laughs> uh, so I think it was a little bit helpful. <laughs> Between 3 and 20. Okay, so... Yeah, okay. I think it was a little bit helpful. It showed the cultists. They sort of have their hooks and everything. Yeah, we did learn a lot about the cultists. Why were the cultists involved in this mining operation that Aaron was setting up with the mayor? Hmm, that's a good point. I wonder what they were trying to find, or what they did find. Well, the mining operation never happened, right? But why were they involved with it? Hmm. Why did a an elithid-like creature show up and have the number 14 branded on him, and he had a holy symbol of Helm? I have no idea. It's just questions leading to more questions. Exactly. Yeah. Hey Lucas. Yep. That I had like a thing on a I had like a appointment thing I had to go to, right? Yeah, for eleven o'clock. Is that that's the same time as the meeting, right? That is the meeting. That is what you're you guys. Oh, were that was to. okay. Sorry, I thought there was a second. Thing. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we could ask someone here at the temple. Maybe Astoria. Maybe you could ask, like, her. I don't know, because maybe those cultists, they do have, like, a... How can I say that? Like, a history of meddling into other... I don't know, other cities. Um, like, affairs. I don't know, maybe they do have a, a better lead than just us without any sort of tips. Maybe it could be better for us, you know, to find those answers that we're looking for. 
Well, how much time do we have before we have to get to this? Or how long will it take, to, take us to get to this meeting? None of you actually know where the Salty Spittoon is. Well, I guess we should go ask. Well, I guess... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that would be step one, is to ask where the Salty Spittoon yeah. is. <laughs> and then... I guess maybe they might have insight about this meeting. Sure. Where does the Salty Spittoon... Where'd that come from? From that piece of skin that was written... Uh, for Ronnie of where to meet. Oh. So you guys, uh, who do you go ask? Let's go to ask, I'm going to go ask that butler. He seemed really friendly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronnie, you find him pretty quickly. He's sitting in the commons and he's reading. Hey, uh, quick question here. Yes? Do you know where the salty spittoon is? He just slaps you. Right across the face. My word! <laughs> to bring up such a horrible... Good day! And he slams his book down and walks away. Do you know who would know? <laughs> he just keeps walking. Use your charisma, Roni! I was saying we should ask Albedo, but I'm afraid what he'll do. Actually, yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. Pour it on. I'm going to use that charisma. Who you going to talk to next? Oh, I'm running after I'm getting my answer from that, that butler. I'm running after him. <laughs> okay. Roll it. Natural 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> Things that you're not supposed to do that you do. So you run after him. And explain to me how your unearthly charisma just sways Joffrey to talk to you. It's all in the eyes, man. I'm just giving him those eyes. The the smoldering yeah. look. Yeah, he does that face. He does that face from Final Space. <laughs> oh yeah, with the lips, right? Yeah, he yeah. does that. <laughs> like huge eyelashes. Just, just hella kawaii. Yeah, you know, like... totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys actually see like stars around Ronnie, and all of you get a little confused for a moment as you gaze Whoa. into Ronnie's eyes. <laughs> and you see just Joffrey get stopped dead in his tracks because Ronnie just like runs in front of him and slides. <laughs> what, what, what is it, Mr. O'Connor? The salty spittoon. Where is it? He slaps you again. It's like, oh. To bring up such a terrible tale. Why would you... You really wish to know? Of course. <sighs> this event, there was a noble in Sanctuary. He hunted pirates. He thought he was doing good. He would find these pirates and capture them. And then he would drain two of them of their blood. He would force the other pirates to drink their blood until they could drink no more. And then he would slit them open and continuously put the blood more and more into the remaining crew until the last one was there. And then he would offer them a glass of water as they were dying of thirst and kick them off the boat. That is the horrid tale of the Salty Spittoon. And I can't believe you would make me relive such a tragedy. It was so recent. 
the boat is still impounded in the docks. So I'm going to the docks then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought what it was a bar. <laughs> Do not dare utter this in the docks. They will try to kill you. Wait, wait, wait. Is it a tale? Yes. Or is it something that actually happened? It's a tale, and it's what now the boat is named. So we're going to the okay, boat. Okay, so... Why are people slapping each other, you know, just because of a tale? It's so horrendous. And there seems to be somewhat of a curse around it. Hmm. Of course. <laughs> why not, right? It's free. Yeah. <laughs> curse for you, and you. Curses are free. <laughs> If you look under oh, your, you know, under your chair, everybody gets a you curse. You get a curse, and you get a curse, and you get so a you curse. You guys are joking around about this story of people being captured and forced to drink the blood of their the human friends. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, much slid open and constantly just filing blood into people, and uh, people are just staring at you guys while well, you're all just like joking around, like, oh, it's cursed, and just, everyone's just. Staring and doing that slow head shake. <laughs> and we're just sitting there with, like, just standing there, like, in shock, like, yeah. idiots. Like. And you guys are just like, ooh, yeah. curse. <laughs> 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 I did drink all our blood. <laughs> Alright, so. You guys are gonna go head down to the docks, or what's the plan? <laughs> back, back to the docks. I guess to the docks. I think. <laughs> You're a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are wandering there, and thank God this entire party can see in the dark because there's not a lot of torches out while it's raining. And there are some covered lights that light up the way, but they're more spotted compared to a normal night. You have the Lamplighters Guild will go around and light these lamps. We were warned not to be out at night, so I'm gonna be on alert. Like just okay. So instead of your passive perception, I will ask you to make a perception if something happens. So while you're wandering through the streets, the rain's lightened up a lot. Now it's just sort of spitting out, and you make it back down to the docks once more and start scanning the ships. I need everyone to make me an investigation check. Oh, that twenty. There's so many twenties. Yeah, for like the wrong stuff when we actually are, yeah. you know, like <laughs> fighting and we need to hit people. Yeah, don't, so that's don't worry about it. I got my natural five, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a seven. Oh man. Ronnie can't see anything, that's why. Ronnie's never made a uh, perception check. Okay, I got 20. Like 17 plus 3. Alright, so Kalsar, you see it almost immediately in Bordon quickly after. Something's been yeah, right there. A <laughs> ship that's just, it's moored, and it's just sort of floating up and down as the waves come in. And you see a woman is standing cloaked near it. Wait, uh, I want someone to ask me, how do I know that? How do you know that? How do you not? <laughs> God, it's right there. Like, there's a giant name on the side. <laughs> so you see a woman, she's cloaked, and she's standing near it. It's like, Kalsar, I never even see you read a book before, <laughs> like... To be fair, I think it... Well, aside from Bordon, you probably have the most strict upbringing and education. As 
far as reading goes. Yeah. Well, my I have a ten intelligence, so. <laughs> so I don't retain a well, lot. Mine is eleven, though. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my god. <laughs> yeah. We're the most educated idiots out there. <laughs> the public school system really <laughs> failed. <laughs> okay, so Ronnie, maybe it's time for you to do your magic on that lady right over here. <laughs> like the cloaked the lady. lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the cloaked lady. Hey, yeah, do you want to go on an adventure with us? That's, uh, <laughs> that's the plan. Oh. Go recruiter! <laughs> As he walks away and he goes up to her, I'll be like, don't get cursed. <laughs> she just slaps it. Like, Ronnie has two big welts on, like, each cheek. <laughs> Ronnie, you go and you come up to this woman. And you don't recognize her. She's tall, black hair, her skin's fairly pale. And when she looks up at you, she pulls back her hood. And she's just a human woman. And she goes, Ronnie, you're alive. And then a bright flash of light, and it's gone. And all of you are kind of like seeing stars, you know, in a bright light flash when it's really dark. You're all just sort of trying to blink it out of your eyes, and there's nothing there anymore. Oh man, I wanted to recruit her. <laughs> of course you did. with a bang goodness it, you know I honestly thought that Ronnie was actually going to recruit her you know how it is he just the moment he sees someone he's like they could carry a bag he's like hey do you want to go on an adventure it's pretty crazy I just I'm surprised his face isn't up on posters but not the good kind the kind like if you see this man run well, I guess that's what happens when you run into a glam bard. Anyways, I hope you all learned a valuable lesson. Always bring a map with you, but try to bring someone who knows the lay of the land when you're in a metropolis. It's just, it's common sense. It's like you wouldn't stroll into the mountains without someone saying, Hey, I know all about mountains. You just, you don't do it or else you end up getting attacked by a yeti. You lose the cleric. You look for the cleric for like three days, turns out the yeti ate them on day one, waste of time, and then you just, you have to walk back with no cleric. I'm speaking from experience here, people, just bring someone who knows what they're doing. To all of our loyal listeners, I want to extend a humbled thank you. I know you have a million bards that you stumble into their taverns, you say, tell me stories, and you shake them. And they will tell you a story. But uh, just coming out here and listening to old Wing over here spin a tale at the end of the Seven Dice, it just makes me feel all warm and cuddly and such. Thank you, travelers. And if you wish to aid us, then how about dropping by and leaving a review on the Atunes or the Stitcher? Leave them sweet, sweet five stars for us, and we'll, we'll give it a little bit of a read on here. And if you wish to find more of my thoughts streaming upon the Nethersphere, jump on to the Twitter at Ballad7Dice. Until next time, travelers, I bid you adieu.
Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast with new players to learn alongside. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast where everyone has a good time. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast that is casual and inclusive. Adventures in Aurelia, a D&D podcast with lots of lore and creativity. Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. Find us at adventuresinarelia.com. That's E-R-Y-L-I-A.